As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello and welcome to the prep to pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Max Carlin and I'm joined as always by Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing well today, Max. I'm excited for March. We have a bracket. It's the best time of the year. Yep. Last time uh, we were trying to cover the, the NCAA tournament on this podcast, uh, we were like one episode into its existence and the entire world shut down. So it's pretty exciting to be to actually be doing this for the for this podcast finally um so we were just going to kind of briefly run through the prospects on every single team in the 68 team field for the tournament there are a lot of them um because we're 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 embracing a pretty broad definition of prospect (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna say it depends what you classify as prospect but i feel like the way we're gonna do it is only right for our brand yeah, and I think that it'll just be useful to give people an idea of who to look for on 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 these teams because I think for a lot of people, you know, even even some of our listeners, that March Madness is kind of the first time that they dip their toe into the prospect water, um, and it's always good to to know who to keep your eye on in uh, in various games. So uh, let's get started with the the East region uh, and then the number one seed, Michigan. Um, of course, has Franz Wagner. He's he is the the big time prospect on Michigan. Um, Jake, you want to you want to go over just a little bit of of sort of what to look for with Franz? Um, you know, since we have so many guys to run through, we're not going to be doing in depth breakdowns of all of these guys, but just a, a very very broad strokes. Over. I love how you I love how you specified that I had to keep it brief with Franz because you knew where I could go with this. But no, but yeah, seriously, how many, how many words have you written on Franz? <laughs> I think the Franz piece ended up around like five thousand uh, something around there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, the elevator pitch with Franz is uh, you're looking at a two way impact wing who is as you've noticed. Noted on the podcast is incredibly lengthy, but it's very functional. Uh, we talked about him in our defensive ground coverage. You know, just a very smart and skilled basketball player uh, with livers and his availability kind of in question with another score off the board. You know, I'm kind of looking for Franz to be more aggressive on the ball, getting downhill, attempting pull up jumpers, things of that nature. But yeah, Franz is one of my good two way guys in the class, and I'm excited to see what he does in March. Yeah, um, you mentioned Isaiah Livers. He's currently hurt, I think, some sort of stress injury, uh, lower body stress injury. We don't know what his status is, but he is a uh, stretch forward. Um, another like pr- pretty serious prospect to keep your eye on if if he does end up playing at some point. 
Uh, do you want to you want to briefly touch on Hunter Dickinson since uh, you're the the DMV guy? Yeah, so I've been watching Hunter Dickinson since I don't even remember the first time I've seen him, but seriously covering him since he was a freshman at DeMatha. He's taken a ton of strides in his game. What I'm looking to see from him the most is the passing. That was a huge staple in his high school game. He's an incredibly smart basketball player. Uh, when he's faced with double teams in the post, I'm really looking forward to how he picks out those doubles. And Michigan is really good moving the ball. And I think a lot of that has started with him and how he's able to capitalize on these quick doubles that he gets in the post. But yeah, with Hunter, I'm looking for him to shoot it a little bit more too. I think that'll be a lot very helpful for his NBA projection. But the passing and just sheer dominance with strength on the inside are, are two of the things I'm keeping tabs on for sure. Yeah, unless there's anyone else in Michigan you want to shout out, we can move on to two-seed Alabama in the East. Um, I, I do enjoy Mike Smith, but I, I think we can save him out for this episode. Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we are embracing a, a broad definition of prospect, <laughs> but we're not going to go through every single player on each, on each roster. And we're not going through every team either. If there were, if there were teams that, uh, that we didn't think had major prospects, or not even major prospects, didn't have anyone who should sort of be on an NBA radar, then we did leave them out. Um, we, we probably missed some people. I, I put this together, uh, fairly hastily, but it still took quite a while because there are a lot of prospects, man. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Alabama, the, the two seed in the East, um, they have a couple of seniors, um, in John Petty, who's, you know, a, just like well-rounded shooting guard and, and Herb Jones, the SEC player of the year, um, who is, known as a defender um he's he's very long with 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 significant lateral quickness but but certainly has issues with strength and discipline um and then i mean offensively he is entrusted with a very large role uh in college and he's 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 quite capable as a passer i would say like he he does actually have some some manipulation there and 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 can, can generate offense with that and, and is a bursty guy as well um so like he has a large role in college. Um, the the NBA projection projection with him is is perhaps a bit hazier, but certainly an important player for for Alabama. Um, and then they also have uh, just someone to keep an eye on is is guard Javon Quinterly, um, who will at some point probably unleash some sort of uh, handling highlight that that kind of takes the internet by storm. Yeah, at the, at the very least, Javon Quinnerly is extremely fun to watch just from a basketball standpoint. I also do want to know Alabama Crimson Tide are in my Final Four for my personal bracket, so I, I am high on them as a team. The prospects, it is a little dicey when you're looking at a projection, but Nate Oates is an incredible coach. I love the way they play. They get up and down the court pretty fast, uh, shoot a ton of threes, get to the rim, and when college basketball, as we both noted, it's not always the most refreshing product to watch and evaluate and parse out, but Alabama plays a really fun style of basketball that I thoroughly enjoy watching every time that I turn them on. Yeah, and another sort of fringe guy worth mentioning, mentioning is Josh Primo, but I believe he's also injured um, mm-hmm. some sort of knee injury, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I would expect that he's not going to play. I, I don't know what his official status is, but... Um, you know, if you're if you're wondering where he is, that's uh, you know another another name on on Alabama. Um, I think we can move on to Texas, three seed in the East. They have a couple of, of big time prospects in Kai Jones and Greg Brown. Um, you want to go over Kai briefly? Yeah. So I, with Kai Jones, 
Kai, I'm really excited to see how people that haven't been watching Texas all year react to Kai Jones because <laughs> some of the flashes, he had a play this weekend in the Oklahoma State game where it was a grab and go and he's 6'11 running like a gazelle with the ball and like takes off off one and fluidly finishes with a finger roll. Some of the flashes he has are absolutely nutty. Just an incredibly coordinated human being at 6'11. Very fluid shooting mechanics, as we noted on our podcast with Henry. You know, doesn't have a huge role in terms of minutes and offensive load with Texas right now, but is certainly someone who is going to pop off the screen for you when you watch because of his physical tools and the fluidity in which he moves, handles, shoots, you know, slides with offensive players on the perimeter, just all those little things. Kai Jones will certainly bring the flashes. Yeah, fluidity and coordination are kind of the main things there. Um, and like you mentioned, he's not going to play huge minutes, but you know, every once in a while, he's going to grab a rebound and go coast to coast with it. And people are going to be surprised that that's a 6'11 human being. Um, and then Greg Brown uh, is another guy who's, who's really physically talented. Uh, one of the best vertical leapers in all of college basketball. Uh, great functional length. He, um, you know, is, is in a restricted role as a, as a very much a play finisher on offense, much like Kai Jones is. Um, he you know, ha- has issues as a decision maker there um, and, and uh, with his shot as well. But um, he, uh, you know, defensively on and off the ball makes quite an impact at the college level. Uh, he's capable of moving with guys despite a little bit janky uh, lateral movement and, and his length is, is pretty overwhelming and he has solid recognition as well. So, um, you know, uh, just a, a couple of guys there that are that are pretty serious prospects to keep your eye on with with Texas, even though they're not, you know, necessarily in the biggest offensive roles. Um, I think we can move on to Florida State, the four seed in the East. Um, a, a couple of, of forwards who do a lot of ball handling for them, uh, Scotty Barnes and Raekwon Gray. Uh, you want to go over Scotty first? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take Scotty. First of all, I think Scotty has the potential to become that March Madness darling because of the energy and the moxie that he has in the court, always flashing that big smile. His press conferences, interviews are great. So Scotty Barnes is just an awesome human being, and I think everyone in the country is going to have a lot of fun rooting for him. On the court, uh, we're talking about someone who's 6'8", may or may not be overextended in his offensive role as the primary handler when he's on the court right now, but is showcasing the ability to make wizardry passing reads, has real manipulation, is, is sliding with ones. Uh, I'm not sure how completely effective he's been there all year, but if you're looking for versatility on the basketball court on both ends, Scotty Barnes is going to give it to you. Plays the game extremely hard. The shot has steadily improved as the season has gone on, and he's been confident shooting it there. So Scotty Barnes has definitely been picked up as of late, uh, to me at least, and I'm excited to see what he does in March. Yeah, I, FSU is just – a unique team in what it asks offensively and defensively of these guys um, will probably be a tough watch, like from an analysis standpoint, just with the quantity of, of switching that they do. Um, and just like the, the kind of weirdness in particular of, of Barnes's defensive role. Um, th- this might be a tough watch, but, but you, you get to see in Barnes and, and gray, like a couple of forwards with um, interesting physical tools and interesting creation ability uh, and defensive impact. Um, but, but yeah, might, might be like a, a harder, especially live uh, analysis. The wait is finally over. 
Football is in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair is the real deal. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Um, next, Colorado, five seed in the East. They don't have much, but uh, they have McKinley Wright, the fourth, um, who is a, a you know, very accomplished college guard. Um, the, you know, not even necessarily a, a, an NBA prospect, but um, certainly a very good college player uh, and, and worth, um, worth throwing out there, I think, as, as just someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, my my best McKinley my McKinley Wright memory would have to be scouting Obi Toppin and Tyler Bay last year when McKinley Wright had a shot making barrage in that neutral site game against Dayton. To be honest, I haven't watched him much this year, but certainly a fun college guard who, when he gets hot, look out. Yeah, uh, UConn, the seven seed, James Booknight. Um, I'll I'll let you I'll let you handle Booknight. Um. So yeah, I, I'll talk Booknight. Uh, you're looking at an offensive firepower right there. It's off guard, six five, pretty big time athlete. Incredible hang time at the rim. Like James Booknight as a finisher will be so much fun to watch in March. The way he avoids the help defenders with his body control and hang time, creativity around the rim. Uh, the three point shooting has fallen off a little bit since I wrote about him and was scouting UConn pretty heavily. But I'm certainly interested to see what Booknight does. We're running out of time to evaluate him because it seems pretty obvious that he's going to go to the draft. So with these last few games, I'm looking for more on-ball reps, more opportunities to make decisions, uh, those ambitious decisions that we talked about with Henry that we haven't been completely seeing. I'm hoping that he he takes more of a leap this late in the season. But even if we don't get there, you know, Booknight is a very, very fun athlete and big-time scorer. Yeah, with Booknight, I think that we can offer some guidance in like how to watch him. I think that if you're expecting him to be a major on-ball advantage creator or offensive hub in that sense, that you're going to be disappointed. But watch for what he's doing off the ball. Watch how he's opening himself up as a cutter. Watch his timing there. Um, because he, he really does function a little bit more as, as an off-ball scorer than I think people might anticipate for, for a big-time college scoring guard. Um, and, and, and that that will probably be more analogous to, to his NBA role as well, that he's going to have to do a lot of his damage off the ball like that. Yeah, and I think Booknight's also a good refresher for these big-time volume scorers. He's very different from someone like Cam Thomas, who operates, like you said, mainly on the ball, getting to these tough step backs with contested shots. Booknight is a lot of fun to watch off the ball, the way he sets up cuts, like you mentioned, with, with footwork and change of pace. It's a really unique approach to 
this big time scoring load that he does carry for UConn and definitely worth tuning into. Yeah. Next we have LSU, uh, the eight seed. They have a, a collection of guys. Uh, I guess first I'll mention Darius days, Trenton Watford and Javante smart who are probably like the second tier prospects on, on LSU. Um, days is, is like a, you know, inside out for uh, same with Watford and smart is a, is a, is a guard there. Um, but they're, they're like, Big time, likely one and done prospect is Cam Thomas. You want to give a, a brief overview of Cam Thomas? So Cam Thomas is, is as pure of a bucket getter as they come. Uh, Oak Hill's all-time leading scorer, I'm pretty sure. Led the UIBL in scoring. Everywhere he's been, he puts the ball in the bucket at an effective clip. The shots are tough. They're heavily contested, as I mentioned. But the space creation is very real with him. And I think that's the trait that is most bankable for his projection in the NBA the difficulty of shots that he takes on a daily on like a possession by possession basis is pretty wild. When you act, consider the percentages, I know he's not a 40% shooter from deep or anything like that, but he still maintains relatively good efficiency with an incredibly high load. And he's, we talked about um, Thomas like, is a good guy to apply PD's guard heuristic to in yeah. real time. Yeah. Watch for the average shot quality, watch for the, for the windows and the decisions. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say that he's he's a, he's a good guy to 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 apply that heuristic to, um, to maybe think about him beyond uh, the raw scoring totals. Yeah, he's someone where the A button is is largely broken, but the scoring is fun. So at the very least, it'll be fun to watch that in March Madness. And then finally in the East, we have Michigan State. They're in, they're in the 11 seed, but in a play in. Um, so TBD if they'll if they'll. Um, you know, end up being the final field, uh, but they're in, in one of these first four games. Uh, they have Aaron Henry on the wing, who is a, a well-rounded wing player, someone that we've, we've definitely talked about a lot in, in I mean, in past years uh, or year, I guess, on this podcast, but um, really strong defensive wing, really great lateral mover. Um, and then offensively, has, has his floater game uh, and can, can make some especially interior passes as well. Um, a, a bit a bit of a curious player because he, sh- he shoots lefty and does pretty much everything else righty and is a righty. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that there's really much to look for with Aaron Henry. He's He is just a, a, a well-rounded wing for the most part. Um, like, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think that there is anything to, to be focused on with him if, if they do make something of a run? I was just going to emphasize the ambidexterity because it is pretty mind-boggling that, like you mentioned, he does shoot lefty and everything else is righty. He tends to prefer his right hand for those floaters that he seems very comfortable with in the paint, high paint area. I do think his passing is pretty intriguing. You mentioned the interior reads. He is good attacking closeouts. His space creation and on-ball pure like shot creation is definitely stagnated throughout the year, and I think that's weird its head when Michigan State tasks him with like heavy on-ball duties as the one when he's playing alongside guys like Hoggard who can handle more of those creation responsibilities and he can go back to his role of attacking close that space in the floor and making good decisions. I think he's a lot more impactful for Michigan State and intriguing as a prospect. So I think that's something to take note of. Um, and then they, Michigan State also has Rocket Watts, um, you know, big, big time shooter, uh, another just fringe guy to, to, to keep in mind. 
Um, I think we can probably move on to the West region now. Uh, and we can talk about the juggernaut Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, so obviously they have Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert, uh, who are, are, you know, the, the most serious prospects on the team. Suggs, uh, you know, fig- figures to be, to be quite a high lottery pick uh, in, in the draft. And I think a- another guy who, if you're expecting a traditional lead guard, or I guess not necessarily traditional, but like the, the modern lead guard who really drives half-court team offense, uh, that's not what you're going to get from Suggs. You're going to get a guy who who is a transition handler big time and and who is is um, you know capable of creation in the half court by virtue mostly of of um, of his pull up shooting and and his ability to to execute sets and and complex reads, um, but he he doesn't necessarily have the handle to be creating on ball advantages. Um, he. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that, that probably a, lo- a lot of it does come down to the handle, um, as well as just the fact that that's not necessarily what he's asked to do in this Gonzaga offense that has just so many diverse options and so many uh, just elite college players. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, do, do you have do you have anything to, to add on Suggs before we talk a little bit on on, uh, on Kispert? I, I did just want to highlight the team context a little bit. You briefly dug into it, but I've written about, tweeted about, talked about here, democratic offenses that we see in the NBA a lot. And Gonzaga is the closest thing you're going to get to that at the high college level. They're so entertaining to watch on that end. Constant movement, weaving in and out, triple handoffs, second side pick and rolls, you name it. Mark View has them running it and they run it like a well-oiled machine. So while I do think Suggs is limited by his handle, it is also noteworthy to acknowledge that he isn't necessarily asked to do that and he is able to showcase that off-ball package that he do, that he has with the movement shooting, the relocation, the cutting, and all those good things. Um, I think we can move on to Kispert, but I did just want to highlight that. Yeah, sure. I mean, and that just highlights, like, enjoy a, a historically dominant Gonzaga team that, that is really a pleasure to watch um, because this team is, is, is loaded and, and incredibly well-coached and, and just, like, quite fun to watch. Uh, Corey Kispert is, you know, the shooter in college, highly versatile with incredible range, unbelievably compact mechanics. And then I think the thing to watch with him is that he has significant ancillary skills as well, that he has grown into quite a good finisher this year, that he, um, he has gotten quicker both laterally and I think, you know, horizontally in terms of burst, um, that he can, he can execute some solid passing reads as well. Uh, and that, you know, defensively he's intelligent and has good size and, and strength as well. Uh, so I think that the, the, the shooting is really easy to see with Kispert, but watch for the ancillary skills because, uh, that that's kind of where he differentiates himself as, as, you know, one of those high end shooting prospects. Yeah. Every time I watch Kispert, he kind of just continues to impress me in that aspect. Oh, I always find myself. When he drive when he drives to the rim and finishes, rewinding and saying, "How did he get? How did he get a step there? How did he get that off?" But he sometimes he just finds a way, and he's been very effective there. One of the most efficient players in all of college basketball, regardless of prospects. He's been a historic role player for them this year, and a ton of fun to watch alongside Suggs and Ayayi. 
and just a perfect complement in that Gonzaga motion offense with his shooting versatility. Yeah, and then just to throw out a few more names, we're, we're going to have to start being better about not actually going into too much depth on these guys because we'll be here for hours if we do. But um, Joel it's Gonzaga, Iai, it's Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. It's okay. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, Joel Iai, Drew Timmy, Anton Watson, uh, I think would all qualify as prospects. But honestly, I mean, this, this Gonzaga roster is really loaded. I mean, you could go down to like the Julian Strothers of the world uh, and, and be making an argument for these guys as prospects. Uh, and just given the quality of the team, I think, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys are going to get some kind of look. Um, so with Gonzaga, just keep an eye on everyone because it's a historically dominant team and, and they're all good. Um, next we have, we have Iowa is the, is the two seed in the West. Um, Luca Garza is obviously going to draw the, um, the attention because he is such a dominant college player. Uh, I mean, do you want to go I get very briefly, I guess, over the appeal with Garza, but also, you know, some concerns you have, Jake? So I, the appeal with Garza, when I, whenever I watch Iowa, I am impressed by his shooting. I actually do think he is a very good big man shooter. He can get into I, – his mechanics are – they're not the most fluid. It is more of a two-motion jumper, but it is a high release point to go along with his height. He can get into it in the mid-range. He is a very lethal pick-and-pop threat. I think that's probably the most translatable part of his game given how the offensive usage has faded out of the post in the NBA. The defense is – you know, the detriment with his heavy feet, slow lateral quickness, just running up and down the court. You can kind of see how, how much it exhausts him to actually get from end to end, but he's an incredibly impactful college player also from DC. So I have to give him his proper credit and love, but has been a ton of fun to watch from a college basketball standpoint. It's one of those guys where it might not always translate like production wise, but Garza, the shooting is definitely the most noteworthy thing for me. Yeah. The, yeah. The thing that, that probably separates him from the traditional big mold is that, is that he actually is a real shooting threat and you'll even see at times, you know, when, when he has maybe some more diverse usage there where he's like running off a screen or something like that. Uh, maybe not very fast, but, but he'll do it. Um, so uh, yeah, Garza is the, is the big time college player there, but uh, in terms of prospects, they also have Joe Wieskamp who I would say is, is yet another of these well-rounded wings um, with, with him, I would, I would look at the off ball game. I think, uh, Wieskamp is really a guy who, who knows how to play off the ball that he can, he sets up his movement. Well, that he's, he's got, um, not necessarily the sharpest movement. I think he's got some, some footwork to clean up there, but, but definitely knows how to move off the ball, uh, and is a very accomplished shooter. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, he, he is the other major, uh, pro prospect on that, on that Iowa team. Um, I'm, can I can I add yeah, someone? Yeah, no, I can't stand for the Keegan Murray erasure. I think he's more of a 2022 guy, but every time I do watch Iowa, he consistently pops off the screen. Six eight, one of those modern fours who can shoot it. He can put the ball on the deck. He's fluid, incredibly smart. Definitely has a plus wingspan. The one detriment is he is older for his age. He took a post grad year, so while he's a freshman, it's the age of a sophomore. I think he's twenty right now, but he's one of the people who grades out extremely well in the advanced metrics. Good steal and block percentage. Just somebody who's all over the place and always is making those impact flash plays. I'm looking forward to next year when he's going to get the chance to take on more of an offensive load. But he's definitely someone that is is worth keeping an eye on when you're watching Iowa. Mm, for sure. Um. 
couple Kansas wings. Kansas is the three seed in the West. Um, Oche Agbaji and Christian Braun. Uh, you want to give brief overviews of them? So, yeah, I'll talk about Agbaji because I've been watching a ton of Kansas this year. Agbaji is someone who I had written off earlier in the year as someone we kind of knew what he was and expected, yet he's steadily impressed me. And the big part of that is his shot making off the bounce. He's improved his versatility as someone who used to be more of just a standstill catch and shoot guy. He's way more comfortable attacking closeouts this year, putting on the deck with sidesteps and one or two dribble pull-ups. The defense, it's pretty... It's nothing that's going to scream this is crazy impactful, but I do think he is solid there given his frame and tools. I, I think there's an avenue for him to be a plus impact defender on the wings, but you're really betting on the shooting with his percentages and versatility. And with Braun, it's more of the same. Braun's a big-time athlete. We, we've seen some of the poster dunks that he's had in high school, a crazy one in All-Star game that I was actually showing around the other day. But with Braun, uh, he's, he's probably a little bit better attacking closeouts because of that athleticism and strength allows him to finish at the rim. But again, we're talking about two wingy shooters who have been pretty steady, steady for Kansas this year. Yeah, with, with Virginia as the four seed in the West, you, uh, you have a couple more big shooters uh, in Sam Hauser and Trey Murphy. Um, and then uh, in terms of like longer-term pro- longer term prospects, um, Reese Beekman as, as a guard there uh, was it was an old favorite of uh, of our friend Ross Homans. Um, any anything to add on uh, on Hazard and Murphy? No, nope, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think Murphy is probably a little bit more intriguing than Hauser because of the things he can do on defense and the overall athletic profile. But I, yeah, that is the elevator pitch and baseline info on those guys. Uh, all right. Next is Creighton is the five seed, and they they do have a couple of uh, NBA prospects. Um, the main one is would be Marcus Zagorowski, a really really good college guard, uh, awesome pull up shooter who who has just like excellent excellent balance on that on that pull up, um, and just generally I think a, a pretty well rounded college guard. Uh, you know, not not necessarily a massive standout in any one area, but, but like a, just a good, well-rounded college guard. Anything to add? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have much to add. Although, I mean, Mitch Ballack is incredibly fun and entertaining. He will pull up from anywhere once he crosses half court. So not really a prospect in my opinion, but definitely someone worth tuning into. Yeah. Ballack, I, I, I threw on here just because of, yeah. I mean, the, the, the shooting is there. Uh, there, there, are, there will hopefully be some some crazy attempts uh, from him that we'll get to see. Um, next is USC, of course. Uh, they have Evan Mobley, who figures to be one of the top picks in in this year's draft. Um, we've talked about Mobley in significant depth in the past, but you know, basic idea would be incredibly intelligent. Uh, individual with with unbelievable recognition unbelievable processing speed on on both ends uh to go with really unique physical tools that his his movement ability laterally is outstanding his length is exceptionally functional his um you know his technique as a mover is is really excellent from a footwork standpoint um that he has the the discipline to you know, wait until the last second to be, to be getting shots out of the air. Um, and meanwhile, you know, he just, he has 
the the coordination to cover space incredibly quickly. Uh, that his his vertical leaping is is very very quick, and uh, he reaches exceptional heights with that. Um, and just that you know, I think it, it it all centers around this this combination of of really high level feel and intelligence, um, and and really really high level physical tools. But you 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 won't miss Evan Mobley. I think that that it's it's all pretty obvious with him uh, when you're watching. Um, Otherwise, they uh, USC has some some more fringe guys: uh, Ethan Anderson, Isaiah Mobley, Evan's older brother, Max Agbunkpolo. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think an old uh, catching eye guy of, of me and Ben's. Um, but but I would say you know none of those guys are are, are on the level of, uh, of Evan Mobley. Yeah, few people are, but definitely not his teammates. Uh, we can move on to Oregon if you want. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, I would say Oregon's main prospect this year is Chris Duarte. Um, older player, but quite a good one. Uh, really, really good shooter uh, who has some range, uh, has a, gets really good lift on his, on his jumper. So he can rise over guys to shoot, uh, has some versatility shooting uh, off the dribble, off the catch, uh, off some movement. Um, can get to the rim a little bit with, with some change of pace, has some, some strong finishing craft there as well. And then defensively, uh, someone who, who can impact the game for sure uh, with, with digs in particular, has a good feel for that. Uh, can, can, with space, can get up a little bit to, to protect the rim somewhat. Not, not, a, not really an overwhelming player in, in any one sense, but, but a, a, just a well-rounded uh, off-guard type. Who uh, who kind of fits uh, like is an easy plug and play guy uh, at the NBA level? Yeah, I I also want to mention like his instincts defensively are pretty impressive. The way he can jump passing lanes, split the difference in the backside help, all those good things. I do think he has some real athletic traits too. Like you mentioned, getting to the rim, exploding at the rim, had a pretty crazy poster dunk in in one of the games I watched against Stanford last week. I think it was. But yeah, Duarte, definitely old age is certainly a drawback there. But as you mentioned, has been very, very good for Oregon throughout the entire year and just doesn't really have a ton of holes in this game. Yeah, and then otherwise for Oregon, they've got Will Richardson, uh, a guard there, and they've got LJ Figueroa as well on the wing. Um, Figueroa is kind of famous for his his floater game. Uh, So that'll that'll be fun to watch. Um, But yeah, Oregon, um, maybe less in the in the high, high level NBA prospects. Uh, but, but some, some solid guys there. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair is the real deal. 
For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Um, Oklahoma next is the eight seed. I, I honestly haven't, <laughs> haven't really watched much, but uh, I guess the, the guy probably to keep an eye on there is, would be Austin Reeves. So Austin Reeves is really fun. I'm not sure what it means for the NBA level, but someone who plays the game with a ton of flair and creativity, especially as a handler, is very shifty. I'm, I'm not so sure how it works at the NBA level, but for the college time being, he's definitely some, definitely someone that has impressed me in terms of an entertainment standpoint when I'm just watching basketball for fun. He's very shifty and yeah, definitely worth someone watching, someone worth watching. Jeez, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh next on on vcu the 10 seed in what region is this the west oh man where there are so many <laughs> our, our our horizons are broad <clears throat> uh all right uh is uh sean bones highland a a bomber from three-point land uh who is also a very intelligent team defender uh, as a as a a small and skinny guard uh, th- this year, I think he's had a bit more success actually getting to the rim, has some change of pace, has, has some actual bursts there. Finishing can be a struggle, uh, but mainly, you know, three-point bombing and really fun team defense, if that's the sort of thing that you're into. Uh, Nishan Highland will be a good watch. Yeah, Bones, uh, we talked, we, uh, I was just saying, we talked about irrational no, no, attempts. No. We talked about irrational attempts from Marcus Agaraski. It is only right to group Bones Highland into that category. With him, it's a lot more off the dribble than with Mitch Bauck. Has some wizardry footwork, a way he's able to get to these double sidesteps, little James Harden-esque from deep, shoot it with any momentum, just shoots a very, very soft ball. When it goes through the net, just, it's very smooth. There's nowhere else to describe it. A ton of versatility and just a super fun player to watch. Yeah, his footwork on the on the shot setup for some of the movement attempts are, is really pretty. Um, yeah, he's, he's just he's a fun watch. Um Wichita State, uh, another play-in team. They would be the 11 seed if they get in. Uh, again, I have, I have not really watched Wichita State this year, but if you're going to watch someone, I think it's it's Tyson Etienne, uh, who is a a big time shooter for a guard. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have much to add. <laughs> so as my roommate played high school basketball with Tyson Etienne, so I've actually watched my fair share of Wichita State, maybe even more he's, than that. He's a New Mark. Jersey guy, right? He is, yeah, he's a New Jersey yeah, guy. Yeah, I think he's close to me. So, I, yeah, I'm, and, yeah, I'm just I'll, – I'll, and I'll expose myself as, like, a bad – New Jerseyan is it? <laughs> he, so he he played at he played at Dwight Englewood to close out his high school career. Or I don't know if he played close out. He played at Dwight Englewood for a couple of years. My roommate played with him. Still keep in touch today. So we'll watch them, cheer them on. Definitely be rooting for them in the tournament. But no, Tyson's pretty fun. Electric short guard scorer who is basically asked to do everything for Wichita State and has carried that load pretty well so far. Um. Next. Okay, finally we have yeah another another smaller school here, 13 seed Ohio. Uh, Jason Preston, who of course made a name for himself when he went toe to toe with Io Desumu early in the year. Um, man, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to remember Preston from that game, but I think it was it's a lot of change of pace with him. Uh, just you know, small small school guard who who does a lot. 
And, you know, it, I would imagine Ohio will play one game, but if, if you want someone to watch on Ohio, it'll be Jason Preston. So if you're going by my bracket, Ohio will actually play three games, but Jason Preston Wait, what? Uh, against, uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying. They're my one. Uh, my Sweet 16 is like Wait, relatively so you have chalk. Being, oh, I guess Virginia is maybe somewhat up in the air. It's what it's what happens when you don't like Virginia or Creighton. You, you have to go for the upset points. But every I'm not crazy. Like I'm not John Rothstein out here picking crazy upsets. My Sweet 16 is relatively chalk, except Ohio. We're all in. All right. And a big reason for that. A big reason for that is Jason Preston. Uh, going back to Illinois game. Change of pace and craft are the name of the game with him. Ton of scoop finishes, looking for unique windows to finish around the rim. And not only is he fun, I do think he's a legit NBA prospect. I'm not sure what the range for him is, but I think he might be able to carve out some role. That concludes the West. So we can move on to the South now. Um, Baylor, the one seed in the South. They have a lot of prospects. Uh, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell uh, would be the, the two big ones this year. Uh, and then maybe some some fringier guys and future guys, Adam Flagler, Macy O.T. Um, what's, uh, what's Meyer's first name? Matthew Meyer. Matthew Meyer. Uh, I, I, you want to you give the quick, the quick emphasis on quick because it's Jared Butler and Jake Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> so Jared Butler used to be uh, a scoring guard with a crazy handle. He has now added defensive prowess and playmaking to his repertoire to go along with some added shooting versatility. Yes, he will be limited as an athlete, but younger on the younger side for his age. And you're in what, what we were previously looking at, a scoring microwave combo guard. I think we're now looking at a potential lead guard prospect in the, in the league. Yeah. And then we've got Davion Mitchell, uh, much more of a track record as a defender than Butler. Uh, really, really impactful point of attack defender. Strong, really, really quick laterally. Uh, and then offensively, exceptional change of direction, really bursty. Uh, has made massive strides as a shooter. Something to watch if you're, if you're thinking really highly of him as a prospect would definitely be the decision-making. Um, but, you know, the, the point of attack defense and, and some of his athletic abilities – are, are really high level um, to get out ahead of it. He's not related to Donovan Mitchell. They have very similar builds and both were number 45 and are both named D Mitchell. A lot of people will be Googling whether they're brothers, they're not <laughs> brothers. Uh, yeah. It, it, it throws everyone for a loop the first time, but they, they are somehow, not, well, maybe, maybe they're related as far as I could tell they're not, but they're, they're definitely not brothers. They're definitely not brothers, but there's a small part of me that believes they're related in some aspect because it all just looks too similar from the way he plays to the number to the name, the build. It's it's all eerily similar. But yeah, Davion definitely is up to his stock this year, and a lot of that can be attributed to the three-point shooting jump. Uh, the mechanics are cleaner. He's shooting it at a much more efficient clip. The pull-up is working. He's a legit space creation as a guard. And I think those are probably the selling points with him to go along with the athleticism. Yeah. Anything to add on, on Flagler and Teague besides just throwing them out there? Um, not really. Okay, cool. Uh, Ohio state, they're the two seed. Um, they're lacking more than, more than just sort of fringy guys, but uh, the, if, if you're looking to, to 
you know, watch some guys on, on Ohio State, it would probably be EJ Liddell and Justice Suing. Anything yeah. to add? No, I, if we're, we're looking to save time. I don't have anything to add. Yeah, Arkansas, of course, has Moses Moody. Um, selling point would be as I would say check out our our um, episode that we did on on wings because Moody figure figures pretty prominently into that. Uh, but picking out a, I think a greatest skill with with Moody to discuss is, is is a bit tough because he is such a well rounded player. And that, that's kind of the point. Uh, really, really good shooter, as you might have seen in the, in the SEC tournament when he, when he went off. Um, really good shooter with some tough shot-making ability there. Uh, intelligent, really, really skilled attacking off the catch with great footwork, some off the catch, like uh, competency that you, that you see with Cade as well in terms of like rip-throughs and then uh, other counters off of that. Uh, intelligent team defender, Really good recognition, very, very, uh, very active, great length, highly functional, moves well, great size, just a, a sort of glue guy on the wing who, who does a lot of everything. Also having some, some of that tough shot making ability, some, some playmaking ability, maybe more, more in like a connecting role, but, but he does have that background uh, in some settings, particularly uh, AAU with Brad Beal Elite, uh, playing as more of a lead guard. So just the, the, the sort of wing prospect who does a lot at an NBA level. Yeah, I will reemphasize the shooting versatility combined with his feel for the game. As someone who operates mostly off the ball, he does a great job of consistently putting himself in advantageous positions, whether that's as a cutter or as a shooter. And that one motion release gives him a ton of versatility, whether it's a relocation or coming off a curl or just shaking with an offset with a pick and roll he can get to a shot from anywhere on the court off of any action. And he's done a pretty good, pretty good job knocking them down at a consistent rate so far. Yep. Uh, and then if you want a, a fringier name to, to watch on Arkansas, uh, Jalen Williams, the big, they, they, they have a few other guys, but um, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like mentioning like Justin Smith or, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, a good and like, I guess fairly deep team, but but Moody Moody is, is the is the main attraction from a prospect standpoint. Uh, Purdue is is your four seed in the in the South. Yeah. Fair, fairly light on prospects though. Brandon Newman is is someone to watch. Uh, I guess Jaden Ivy. I don't really even know that much about Ivy, but he was somewhat productive uh, during his freshman year there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about either one of those guys. They seem like more of long-term guys to me, so I haven't completely dug into them this year or watched a ton of Purdue. But, yeah, so I don't – I know, honestly, I don't, I don't have much to add on these guys. Yeah, no, totally fair. Like like I mentioned at the top, we're, we're going with, with a lot <laughs> of uh, breadth here, so you have guys to keep an eye on uh, on as many teams as possible. Uh, not all of these guys are, are 2021 lottery picks. Um Next, we've got Villanova, the five seed. The, the big name for Villanova would be Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who is kind of a connecting forward there. Uh, good, really good shooter for, for a guy that size. Um, good, good lateral mover, intelligent. Just a guy who, who is a really strong offensive connecting piece, who just keeps possessions moving with his, with his passing, with his with his ability to handle the ball and really just like flow into different actions. Um, while also just bring, bring a lot of intelligence and movement skills on the defensive end. Uh, 
Uh, they've also got Justin Moore, Jermaine Samuels, uh, Colin Gillespie would maybe be another fringe guy, but, but is hurt and, and won't be playing in the tournament. Uh, anything to add on the Villanova guys? Um, I mean, Justin Moore also played Matha with Hunter Dickinson, so I've been watching him, scouting him for a while now too. I do think the offensive scoring package off the bounce is certainly worth noting at an NBA level. The biggest points of emphasis for like his improvement as a prospect would certainly be the decision making, playmaking, and you know efficiency around the rim. But has been very effective for Villanova so far with Gillespie out. They're going to lean on him heavily, and hopefully he rises to the occasion. Seven seed Florida has a couple of guys um, on top of Keontae Johnson, who's who's obviously not playing. Uh, start with Trey Mann, who has taken a, a massive leap in his in his sophomore season after after a rush fresh rough freshman year, just kind of evolved into into quite a well rounded guard player. Um, he sort of central to his game would be the change of direction, the the really really advanced craft as a pull-up shooter and as a finisher um, that he can, he gets into pull-up jumpers out of so many different um, combinations. It's, it's uh, pretty intimidating. And then, and then as a finisher, all the scoops and, and and weird rhythm and, and, uh, and ambidexterity Uh, on top of that, he, he just has a a fairly unique smoothness. so, sort of reminiscent of, of Kyra Lewis in in his transition from from dribble to pass or dribble to shoot is really really seamless. Can do it with both hands. Just a, a really really functional player uh, who's who's grown into a, a a larger role with Florida really really well. Um, made strides in the f- defensive end as well too. You know, he I think for the most part uh, is pretty sound now that he he sort of fulfills his responsibilities as a team defender. Uh, you know has has some more size and movement ability now. Uh, though, you know, maybe it's not always the most physical or involved player, uh, but but a, a pretty serious guard prospect to to keep an eye on for, for as long as Florida is alive. Yeah, man's whole entire game is kind of predicated off that smooth transition from dribble to whatever, whether it's finishing with these craft scoop finishes, but catching shot blockers off guard, which we mentioned in our last episode. The space creation and handle is silky smooth and definitely effective with him. Mm-hmm. It appears that he grew two inches in the offseason, which would allow him to scale more at the next level and play alongside smaller guards. So definitely noteworthy for his projection. But Trey Mann, you mentioned that he's certainly improved and I've been able to catch a couple of Florida games lately, and he hasn't disappointed. Yeah, with Mann, something to watch, though, um, to sort of get the, the idea of like getting to the root of, of what's going on with the prospect, I, w- I would watch watch the passing with him and and sort of look for maybe the higher level conceptual understanding because while there there are going to be really good passes from Trey Mann because of that functionality and because of his ability to create advantages on the ball I I still don't think that you're seeing the the higher level conceptual understanding reflected um so I would would watch for that I think that that you'll start to see that that a lot a lot of the really impressive passes while while you know very good and adding a lot of value are more more of the reactive uh, mold or, or even, you know, he, he does like to make use of a lot of no looks, but I think that that's more like sustaining advantages than, than really uh, bending the defense to his will with, with his eyes. So I think that that's something that can be, can be fun to look for with, with man. Uh, anything to, to get into with Scotty Lewis? Um, 
Not really, honestly. I think man is the main draw there, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm good to move on, honestly. Okay, but yeah, Scotty Lewis, I guess, uh, another guy to keep an eye on, on on the wing, just like very, very impressive mover and athlete uh, and a fairly erratic player. Um, UNC uh, is, is the eight in the south. Um, they have their, their main prospect would be Daron Sharp, really intelligent, big man, uh, very, very strong, has, has some skill uh, as, as like a handler and, and passer for sure. Uh, but, but just like an, an intelligent, high impact defender, not, not a major offense creator or not a major self creator on offense. Um, anything to add on Dayron? Not really. Uh, I love watching him because he's an incredibly smart basketball player and makes incredibly smart plays, but yeah, not much to really add. And then the guards mm-hmm. who I once loved, Caleb Love. Um, he seems to be finding his way though and I'm happy for him UNC is playing great basketball and definitely playing with some positive momentum so they've been much more entertaining to watch lately than they were in November so maybe they're turning the corner we'll see yeah and I mean UNC probably has like a bunch of other fringe guys I mean you you could throw any number of names out there from RJ Davis to Kerwin Walton Um, but Dayron is is the big attraction from a prospect standpoint and I think love your secondary, uh, you know, worth keeping an eye on. Maybe not for this year, but but long term, as as he, like you said, you know, regains a bit a bit of momentum. Uh, quickly, Virginia Tech, uh, ten seed. They have Kevin Aluma and Tyrese Radford. Aluma had popped early in the year when I watched um, as as a as a big man. I think I honestly don't even remember super well. But but you know, if if you find yourself watching Virginia Tech. Um, those two guys are, are, you know, you know, relevant to an extent. Uh, I, I, do you know, is, is Radford putting up the, the crazy finishing numbers again this year? In all honesty, I don't have much to add with Virginia Tech. I have not gotten around to them in the ACC this year. I, I wish I could tell you, but unfortunately, can't provide no much insight on that one. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's another, it's another one. I, I didn't want, I wanted to like include as many teams as possible because yeah, these games, people are are really just like sitting down and watching these all day. Uh, and you want to have like something and, to, to and pay attention to. I I am people. I will yeah, be sitting I mean, down yeah, and watching people. them all day. <laughs> but but the thing is, the, the thing is, like with March Madness, people are also like people who are a lot less deranged than we are. Um, people who like really don't necessarily even watch that much college basketball will truly sit down all day and watch college basketball for these, for these first couple of days. So like, if you are prospect conscious to, to any extent, like I, I do like, I want to have people for you to watch with every team, but uh, yeah, that sometimes means inclusion of names that are, that are not necessarily future lottery picks. Um, okay. The, the, the Midwest now. Uh, your one seed Illinois. They've got a bunch of guys. Uh, I, maybe the only one relevant for this year, or, or Kofi Coburn might be as well. But I would assume uh, really, really shifty guard who is who's pretty explosive uh, from a burst standpoint. You know, a really, really good college player. You, you, anything to add on on Io as a prospect? 
Personally, I think the projection to the next level is a bit wonkier, but definitely have to give him his credit. He was one of the best players in the country all year and has led Illinois, maybe the maybe the hottest team in the country right now. So props to Io. I, but I definitely probably think he's more of a college player. Yeah, with with Io, I mean, I like I like to watch what the pull up looks like with him because it tends to be fairly variable. I think uh, when when he when like the footwork and balance are good, I think that he looks really good as a pull up shooter. When when it's not, there are more issues. Uh, but but yeah, a guy to just to just enjoy in his like really unique herky jerky um some some like pretty fun handling moments just like yeah he's, he's he's a guy to watch in that sense and then uh fringer guys andre corbello is a you know a major attraction in, in his own way uh coleman hawkins is a long-term guy just always have to throw him out there adam miller is a pretty big time shooter on the wing uh they have yeah whole whole bunch of just like somewhat noteworthy guys. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Uh, Houston, two-seed. Another another team that's a great college team that's probably lacking in in NBA prospects, but the, the couple to keep an eye on would be Quentin Grimes and Tremont Mark. Anything on them? Not much. I, I liked Quentin Grimes initially. Before I really got into this, I was intrigued by you know his ability to go on and off the ball. I thought he was a little bit better shooter than he actually is, but the frame is definitely noteworthy with him. It's pretty strong for that position, but I don't have a ton much to add on him. I don't necessarily think he's a guy this year. Maybe if you can continue to stockpile and improve, then maybe we're looking at something, but no, not much to add on either one of those guys. Uh, West Virginia, the three seed. Uh, Miles McBride, uh, uniquely impactful guard defender, unbelievable instincts, exceeds rotations multiple seconds before everyone else. Really, really good point of attack defender as well. Physical, awesome laterally. Uh, the, the transition defense, hopefully there'll be some moments where we get to see that. Just such a uniquely good feel for positioning and transition defense, the effort, uh, the fact that he, can, that he can elevate to make plays on the ball really just a, a uniquely dominant guard defender. And then on the offensive end, excellent pull-up shooter, uh, like very genuine tough shot maker as a guard at the college level. The, you know, he, he struggles to get to the rim for sure. And I think there's a lot that comes into play there that he's, he's for sure limited as a handler. He's not the burstiest guy. It's also a, a, a very too big um, offense. Um, he, he is, he's actually a good finisher when at the rim, you know, he does, he does have some, some craft there. Uh, the passing reads are not really there for a lead guard. Um, definitely does not reflect the, the sort of higher level understanding. So, you know, if, if you're seeing flashes of that, that that's an impressive development, but I think more, more of what you should be looking to see with, with Miles McBride are, are pretty unique defensive instincts that, uh, make for a really enjoyable watch. Yeah, you hit the nail on every hit the nail on the head with him. Long time Miles McBride supporter, so only right that you took the floor with that one. But West Virginia, they're going to play their up tempo style. They're going to get up in, in your grill and put a ton of pressure at the point of attack. Bob Huggins doing his thing, and Deuce McBride is going to have handling responsibilities. So I think they kind of go as far as his tough shot making takes them, honestly. But that that sets up for an intriguing watch for us, at least. Yeah, uh, of course, Oklahoma State, the four seed. Cade Cunningham, uh, he's, he is already engaged in some some March heroics. Uh, I, I feel like people people probably know the deal with Cade. Do you want to you yeah. get into it a little bit? Just the really broad strokes who, who Cade I, Cunningham is. Cade Cunningham is a 6'8 point guard who is incredibly strong for a lead guard, wizardry passer, capable as a handler, great touch around the rim, uh, appears to now be a plus-plus shooter with great touch. Yeah, the touch. shooting is is kind of the thing that I think people should watch for, is that yeah. certainly like his his comparables as, as a shooter historically are pretty ridiculous at this point. Um, and just the 
the way that he's able to get into shots with like pretty extreme complexity um, is, is pretty ridiculous for a guy who I think in the past, one of the knocks on him has certainly been his shooting consistency that, that he's evolved into this so quickly is, is uh, pretty, pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, considering the guy we have now was, is the same quote unquote, player as the guy we saw in the U19 championship from Team USA is mind-boggling and a pure testament to his work ethic and development. Yeah, with Cade, I would say you know, look to the diversity of his advantage creation. Um, that was something that, like, Anthony Edwards was, was so apparent all the time that, like, his, his impact at the college game was not always consistent, but his ability to win in diverse ways and with ease was really incredible. And I don't think Cade has that ease but Cade has that diversity that he'll, he'll beat you with pull-up craft. He'll beat you with dribble moves and footwork and certainly with strength and size um, that, with change of pace. And, and, you know, even on occasion with, with some good explosion, particularly out of dribble moves with um, uh, like, like I mentioned with Moody, that he has that similar off the catch ability that he has um, that he has sort of, he has all like all of these counters from a triple threat. Like he is a really, really diverse advantage creator and uh, you know that's kind of a, the mark of like a high level on ball creator is that you can win in so many different ways so I think that that's something to watch with Cade um, as well as as I think it can be a good opportunity to see the level of passer that he is because raw assist numbers understate that um, he is making really high level reads with really high level execution on the move, uh, incredible velocity, live dribble, and the, the high-level conceptual understanding of manipulation are certainly there. Uh, so I would, I would watch for, yeah, the, the actual quality of his passing beyond assist to turnover, diversity of the advantage creation. Um, you can watch him, watch him as an off-ball defender. He's, he's excellent there as well. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't think that, again, like as we said with Mobley, it's, you're not going to miss it with, with, with Kate. At least I hope not. I, I hope not. Yeah. And then, I mean, to throw a few other guys out there, these are longer term prospects, Avery Anderson, Rondell Walker, Caleb Boone uh, could be guys. Eventually if you're, if you're looking for, for someone to watch in the, in the non Cade minutes, perhaps uh, Tennessee, the five seed, a loaded team from a prospect standpoint, uh, Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson are the two big time prospects. Um, we, we, I mean, we should have mentioned this with Kate, but it, it, hopefully we get a, an Oklahoma State Tennessee game because with, with Keon Johnson uh, being the level of wing defender that he is, I think that'll be a an important challenge for for Kate to see oh. if he can sort of create uh, advantages on the ball still while being defended by Keon Johnson. I'll also note that in high school when IMG and Montverde matched up, Jane Springer was able to give Kate a pretty rough time getting yeah. into his stuff, being physical. I think I've found that those are kind of the guys that will give Kate some trouble. Not necessarily the smaller guards, but people where he's giving up some height, but they're strong, sturdy guards who are willing to get physical. And that's exactly what it was. Cause because um it was in the City of Palms tournament, I think. Yep, that- City of Yep, City of Palms. City yes. of, they they played multiple times, but City of Palms was like the benchmark game for Springer defense. Yeah, because Springer gave Cade more trouble than anyone in high school ever did. Um, and yeah, and it's that physicality and strength while also being able to move with, with Cade. 
Um, so if we yeah if we get a if we get a, a you know redo of that matchup, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and the, those those two guys to throw at Cade are are a pretty important challenge because they're yeah. they're sort of they're pretty high level NBA defenders. One hundred percent. I'm going to talk about Springer off the ball and my spotlight skills, so I don't get too deep into it. But they are somewhat of a yin and yang. We talked about Keon Johnson's incredible lateral quickness and explosiveness kind of compared to Springer's positional strength and sturdiness to go along with some cable lateral quickness, but not necessarily his benchmark. Offensively, a little bit more unorthodox, but they are both coming along and are embracing this higher usage role with Tennessee, which we're in a great place as basketball viewers because there was a point in time in December when they were playing 15 minutes a game and getting off five shots. So now that we're seeing them run pick and rolls, get into some isolations, it's much more soothing to watch. Yep. And then uh, Tennessee also has a couple of fringe guys, mainly I would say Eve Pont and uh, Josiah Jordan James. Eve, Eve's a senior, so he'll, he'll finally be coming out this year. One of the best athletes in college basketball, I would say almost assured to produce some, some sort of uh, incredible highlights, but uh, on the defensive end, that just his combination of, of vertical explosion and movement ability uh, is, is really impactful at the college level. Um, so I, I just a, another guy who, who's been enjoyable to watch throughout his college career. And this is his last run. So uh, enjoy it. Um, next we have San Diego state is the six seed. I think they ju- just Matt Mitchell is player of interest, but another guy who's a, a, a well-rounded wing player Um has has some some like explosion to him that I think people don't really expect, uh, but I just a, a well-rounded wing player uh, who need needs to improve on his body some, but um, is just a, a very good basketball player. Yeah, he's someone I thoroughly enjoyed while scouting Malachi last year in, for the twenty twenty class. It's good to see that he came back to school and continued that high-level shooting. I think that's pretty much his calling card. But, yeah, as you mentioned, a well-rounded wing prospect that uh, I think deserves a shot. Uh, next, we have Clemson, uh, seven seed. Just just uh, the only, only guy I could come up with here was uh, Amir Sims. And I, I think we could probably just move on to Georgia Tech as well, the nine <laughs> seed with uh, Michael DeVoe. And, and I guess they have uh, ACC player of the year, Moses Wright. Um, Rutgers, the 10 seed, like I said, I'm a very bad, whatever you call a person from New Jersey. Um, they have Ron Herbert jr. I, I don't think I've watched Rutgers at all this year. Uh, but that's no, you're, a guy to watch there. Yeah. You're not missing out a ton. It's our, you'll live. <laughs> you'll live. Um, and then finally we've got Syracuse is the, is the 11 seed in the, in the Midwest. Um, Kadari Richmond and Alan Griffin, uh, you, are, are you, you want to talk about uh, Richmond a little bit? Yeah. <coughs> yes, I'll edit that out. Um, no, I think you should leave that in. <laughs> clearly the, under, the, the Jake dies on the podcast segment. Clearly clearly under the weather. But I will talk about Kaderi because I think he definitely needs some airtime. Someone who I was, in, I was intrigued with in high school at Brewster. Sort of your prototypical New York City guard. Can't really shoot a lick, but can get downhill. Is create creative as a handler. Good passer. You okay there, champ? I am like hardly making it through. <laughs> I'm gonna need some water. But yeah, wow. 
Good day, Richmond. This is what happens when I talk about Syracuse. The basketball gods are punishing me. But, yeah, Kadea Richmond deserves some airtime. Uh, here's to hoping Jim Beheim will let him run some pick and rolls. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I guess the natural time to plug our episode with Henry talking about how uh, zones can affect prospect evaluation. Uh, so maybe give that a listen from last week uh, before the tournament. I think that that concludes the the tournament preview. Um, there are a lot of prospects in, in this tournament, <laughs> like really a crazy number uh, of, of prospects, even like regardless of what definition of, of prospect you adopt, like even, even if you're, if you're restricting it to first round caliber players or, or guys who could conceivably go in the first at some point, uh, you've got a lot of guys to watch. Uh, so I think, I think it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully everything goes well, um, like really, really fingers crossed for that because <laughs> I have reservations. Um, yeah, but hopefully everything goes well and everyone makes it out uh, healthy. Um, you want me to throw in spotlight skill to end it? And then, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, so I was able to catch Tennessee, Florida from the SEC tournament, and Jaden Springer's team defense was absolutely incredible. Super effective on Dixon stunts. We know that he's really, I mentioned his strength, really strong hands, super accurate with digs. But the stuff that consistently pops out with him is the rotations on the fly. He's able, he had one clip that I actually threw up on my Twitter where it was a miscue at with a dribble handoff. One person thought they were switching, the other didn't. And it resulted in just a straight line drive with, you know, a drop off to the dunker spot. Springer absolutely sniffed it out, helped the big man, went to go slide up and stop the ball. Springer sprinted to tag the man down low, poked it away, and saved it for a turnover. And that processing speed and IQ is just so consistent with him to go along with his effectiveness effectiveness at the point of attack. But the team defense is what really, really stood out to me in that game. Yeah, there are a, a lot of these top prospects are really excellent team defenders. Um so I guess that's something to, that's something to watch. Like everyone from from Cade to Springer to Franz Wagner to Moses Moody, uh, of course Evan Mobley. Um, a lot of these guys are really really excellent um, there, and so that'll be something something to watch. Um, I'm excited for this, Jake. I think it's going to be fun. I'm glad. Like it, it's it's been so long. So long. I was tournament. I was just going to say, it's two two years a long time. You know, I'm actually proud of us in the way we normally talk about prospects that we were able to get through that amount of guys in like a somewhat reasonable amount of time. That was pretty good. I feel like that was pretty rapid fire. Yeah, it kind of was. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were on, we were on a dangerous pace, man. Yeah, we, were, like, we, we, we got through, we got through half of the East in like 25 minutes and, and then I was like, all right, this, this is, this is going to be somewhat problematic. <laughs> yeah. I think for some reason it felt like there were much more noteworthy prospects in the beginning towards, towards the end, we were able to kind of just rattle them off. But yeah, the, the, we were definitely looking at a two-parter with the way the first quarter of this pop was going. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we hunkered down. We, we ran through them pretty quickly. Um, and so there it is. There's your, your preview of the 2021 NCAA tournament. It is, it is wild to be saying that, uh, and it, it feels pretty good to be saying that. Um, I think that'll do it for today. Uh, you can follow the pod at Prep2ProPod on Twitter. You can follow Jake at Jake in the Paint. You can follow me at Max A. Carlin. Um, and I guess that'll conclude the first ever episode in which I don't mess up the intro. <laughs>
Thank you guys for tuning in and stay updated for the next episode.